The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What is up, everybody? Man, deja vu, right? Yeah. Deja Here we are again. Vu. I don't know if you remember this um, or if we have any listeners from the old school days uh, who listened to me on my other podcast, History Creeps, but that podcast in the early days, like the first few years, of that podcast was plagued by a curse. There was something that happened where, and it wasn't a joke, dude, it would be recording after recording. Something happened, whether, you know, Skype died on us or we lost recordings or uh, something happened where like maybe Johnny forgot to hit record on his side. So we recorded the whole show and like it was only one sided, Um, but it used to happen a lot. And I used to kind of chalk it up to like, you know, being new at podcasting, like obviously you're going to make these mistakes, but like we started putting in place all these checks just to make sure check everything's recording. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then it started to be <laughs> things that we had no control over uh, Wi-Fi completely going out, uh, you know, his internet or, or super bad weather coming through that would just like right in the middle of us talking. And then it's out and then like two thirds of the way through a show. My God, you guys got to like uh, put in your checks, uh, <laughs> check the weather. To make sure there's yeah. no freak storms. Yeah, but it just feels like deja vu because here we are again. We mentioned yep. this when we recorded My Bloody Valentine because we had to do that one twice. Yep. Um, somehow yep. I deleted it without knowing. Um, and now here we are again. We're- Can I point out one thing though? <laughs> yeah, what's up? One thing that re-recording both of these episodes has nothing to do with my end. Uh, I just want to go on record and say that. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, you know, it is, it's, it's crazy on my end. Uh, just recently we recorded this episode that we're about to do today. The movie we're about to do. We, we discussed this already. We recorded the entire show, the entire thing, dude. Um, and it yes. was, it was a good one, man. It sucks that no one's going to hear it because we had, we had some guests call in some, we had some of the, the co-stars from the show call it Jason oh, yeah, Alexander, yeah. dude. Like yep. how I'm going to call lost him that, back man. and have him call us. You can't. Yeah. How, how are you supposed to explain it? Hey man. Um, we record, I know you graciously gave us some of your time, but yeah, dude. Uh, we fucked up because we're yeah. not very good at what we do. So, <laughs> yeah. Or there's a curse. We went to, so yeah. we finished our recording. And, and as we're getting ready to close it all up, I'm like, let me go save the file. Wait, I know we talked a lot longer than one minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened? I don't know. So we're doing it again. Uh, we're doing it again. But this time, we're In doing lieu it differently. Of Jason Alexander. We have a different guest. We do. And uh, we will be bringing him on just right after we tell you what movie we're talking about this week. As you all know, if you follow along, we're checking out 1981's The Burning. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. I cried out, I will return, I will have my revenge. on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Who's there? What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again, and again, and again. 
the burning, the burning, the burning. I'm excited to get back into talking about this again because I love this. I love this movie. So we're going to get into yeah. it. But like I said, right before we introduce the show, we have a guest. Um, it's our second, third, technically third guest, if you do count the uh, Lost Jason Alexander episode. Um, but second guest in the timeline, Anthony Mullen, co-host of Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. He's also the dungeon master of podcasters. That's P-O-D dash casters, a D&D tabletop gaming, whatever you want to call it on Twitch. Anthony Mullen, what's up, dude? What's up? Thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, Absolutely. I'm excited. So Anthony's yeah. a friend. Anthony and I I'm have known friend. each other for a while. If you listen to any of our shows, you know we've been around since the back issues mm-hmm. days. He's an OG. Uh, Jim knows him also from from a few years ago well, when Jim used to come around before moving out to California and mm-hmm. doing his thing. So Anthony, you're not new yes. to the podcasting world. Not new to the podcasting world. Uh, not new to the horror movies as well. I'm not as a hardcore deep dive fan as you both are, but I can definitely appreciate them. And I do enjoy them because you both do have some great recommendations for movies. So I'm always down to talk shop. And then you're also not new to The Burning. You've watched no. this before. You've actually watched it with me. I made you watch you, this movie. We actually reviewed this for our show. Chris and Anthony just can't Well, we stop. did a Patreon thing and we talked about it. Oh, it's not okay. been released. That's for uh, sure. And oh, I've actually was... talked about this on Silence Your Phones also. Like, this true. Movie, I love this movie. But you have seen this movie. Yes, I have. Uh, this I've seen this movie three or four times now. I just rewatched it this morning uh, for my viewing pleasure. And honestly, it's still good. When, when, when did you see it before this morning? We had watched it last weekend. No, no, no. I'm asking when did you see it before this oh, morning? Before that? Because um, last weekend, you fell asleep like five minutes into it, dude. I didn't yeah, fall asleep five dude, minutes. You didn't even get out of the hospital <laughs> yet and you were passed out. It was funny Listen. because we're watching the movie, right? And then all of a sudden, there was this weird noise that came off to the left of Jim. And Jim, I saw his head snap over and look at you. And then he turned to me like, what the hell? And so I look over <laughs> and there you are. Your head is just conked back like somebody slit your throat. And you're just like snoring away. Sawing logs. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, I'm a heavy sleeper. So I'm sorry that you guys both had to experience that. I uh so what I'm referencing hey. is the fact that this past weekend, the three of us went out to Vermont. We stayed in a cabin, which was a good time. We watched mm-hmm. this movie there, and initially the plan was to record it in the cabin to give it that kind of, you know, being out on a in, in camp feel. Um, mm-hmm. because that's what this movie is. This movie is a camp movie. Jim. We talked about this. We yeah. talked about this a lot in depth last time. So it's going to feel like we're repeating stuff. But let's be honest, like a lot, at least for me, a lot of the stuff that I am going to say, it, it's it's true. Like there, I love this movie. There's the thing I love so much about this movie is that I feel like I feel like a kid going to summer camp when I watch this movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and again, that comes back to what we were saying about there being actual kids at this camp. Um I know we went into it before, and I'm sure we'll get into it again, about how similar this movie is with Friday the 13th. Right. Um, and that that felt like kind of was what was lacking for us. Uh, don't get us wrong, you know, Friday the oh, Let me speak for myself. Okay, let me reset. Um, for me, Friday the 13th, uh, th- we only had the camp counselors. There was no kids. Right. Um, so this movie added that, and it was a great addition. And, and one of the things that I was appreciative of in this film is towards the end when they throw the kids back on the raft, the second group of kids, and send them yeah. back up to camp. This is a horror movie where they actually saved a group of people instead of just letting them stay in this situation, knowing <laughs> yeah. that people are dying. They actually said, okay, well, let's remove them and save them instead of yeah. just... And then try yeah. to address what the issue is. Yeah, you touched on that. I, I love the fact that... This is full of kids. This feels much more. We discussed the idea that like Friday the 13th feels it's a darker feel to the movie. You know, you do Mm -hmm. have the younger people because they're the camp counselors, but they're not adults. They're more, you know, they're just getting into their adulthood, right? They're just finishing being summer camp kids themselves. And it's all about them getting ready and just kind of really, you know, indulging in their hormones and and that's the idea behind friday the 13th whereas this one um the idea is about you know the uh, this dude getting revenge on on the these kids right um and it's interrupting what so many kids throughout so many years have experienced is the the ritual of going away to summer camp anthony did you ever go to summer camps 
I never went to summer camp. Uh, Did you ever want to? I wanted to once. Like I, I wanted to try and think of how cool it would be to kind of get away and be away from the parents. And then as I got older, I realized I didn't like outdoor activities and like playing baseball and football <laughs> outside. So I was like, summer camp would probably be boring for me. I wanted to go to band camp, honestly. Like I wanted to go to like a music or a band you camp, to play that like flute? a guitar camp. Oh, uh, you're funny. Uh, but Jim, uh, I think you were saying you didn't go to you didn't go to summer camp either. No, I didn't go to summer camp. Did a bunch of camping like with family and family yeah. friends and stuff, but not summer camp type setting. Yeah, I had an experience going away to cabins with like a summer camp. It was a summer camp setting uh, when I was in high school. Well, it was middle school. Um, we did it once. It was a private school I went to in Florida, and it, it was this getaway that they did during the summer. And so we all went. So I had that kind of experience, but it definitely wasn't anything like this. Um, and I, so I think that's what really endears me to this in terms of like the fun factor. This is a fun film, but it still has the horror. It still has all yeah. of that stuff. Watching it again. So, um, you know, pulling the curtain back, we've watched this a few times. I've watched this a number of times now. Um, we watched it in Vermont. Uh, I watched it again right before we recorded the lost recording with Jason Alexander. And uh, I watched it again this morning. <laughs> well, I had it on in the background oh, okay. as I was working. And I noticed something about the beginning that I didn't think to, to kind of point out. Jim. And what's that? This is, tell me this is not the birth of Freddy Krueger physically. Mm. The guy True. that terrorized the kids in human form, right? Because when you hear them at the beginning, they're whispering and they're like, we're going to get him back for doing this. Like, cause he's, but you can, t so this guy Cropsy is, uh, you know, it's he's already kind of an asshole to kids, right? He does things yeah. that maybe yep. they don't like. It's not good to do. Um, so there's that piece. Then there's the the fact that they end up burning him alive, right? And then like he's got the horribly disfigured, melted face, and he comes yeah. back for revenge for the kids that that came at him. Yeah, in a sense, he really is. The, Isn't it the weird? There, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I was watching that. I was like, wait, hold on. This is kind of like Freddy Krueger loosely. Like this is a loose Freddy Krueger story, except he stays alive and comes back to kill people. He doesn't come back in dreams. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's that weird maniac segment. Right. And I love yeah, that. You brought yeah. That I love like, that, dude. Yeah. At the beginning, after he gets out of the hospital, he's going through the red light district. Um, and he picks up the prostitute and they go up to the apartment. It very, very much feels like maniac, which I, I can I can see it because again, like I said, we got to get a bell for this dude. We got Tom Savini doing the special makeup effects for this, yep. which he also worked on Maniac as well as Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. So you can see how it kind of all kind of circles back around unintentionally. Um, yeah, it feels really like you know what it feels like when you start looking at the horror community during these early days. It feels like everyone was all at the same camp. And they all just kind of yeah. like maybe certain like Savini went from one cabin to the other to kind of work with these guys. And they went to, you know what I mean? It just feels like everybody kind of worked. They all each shared other. each other's talents. And you can yeah. see the influences between people's movies. And we're always going to kind of, we discussed this in, in depth before, but, you know, there's this debate that who had influence on who the burning or Friday the 13th. Cause the yeah. burning technically was conceived. And what do you say? It was some, what was registered. Something was registered. It was either the, uh, it was either the script or the uh, treatment was uh, registered just before the uh, original Friday the 13th was released. Right. And it was done so, by famously now uh, Harvey Weinstein. This is, is actually his first film he ever produced. Um, Good old Harvey Weinstein. You know, I knew a guy who worked for the Weinstein Company, and he, uh, he before all that shit came out, and he said, "Yeah, Harvey, Harvey's a dick." So, so here's the other surprised. thing. Here's a crazy thing. When the whole thing blew up about him, and all this stuff was coming out, mm -hmm. there was a PA who worked on set back in the day for the burning. Mm -hmm. A local person who had the same experience that was asked to come up to Harvey Weinstein's hotel room. Uh, to do something and go over something needed for the movie. And when she got up there, he answered the door in the robe and took it off. And she was like, yeah, no, thanks. And walked out <laughs> Good um, for her. But yeah, she actually, you know, she's in the, she was uh, interviewed and in, I think it was like New York times or something when all that stuff broke. Um, wow. But yeah, dude, all the way back Man. to the burning days, all the way back to the days of the burning. And when I say here, it's because the burning was filmed all around here in Western New York. And I think some yeah. in New York City and maybe 
tiny something in Canada, but mostly everything was here in Buffalo area of Western New York. Anthony DJed at one of the uh, one of the camp locations I th- over in I Tonawanda. Thought I was, and yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there he's is, just uh, trying to he's just trying to throw clout, man. That's all. Anthony's <laughs> just like, hey, I was there. Well, guess what, Anthony? We spoke to Jason Alexander last week. So typical Anthony. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, this movie filmed here takes place at the summer camps, and it's a simple idea in in that uh, these kids end up causing this guy uh, a a groundskeeper to to suffer horrible burns over his body so much so that it disfigures him makes him into a monster and five years later he comes back to a neighboring camp to exact revenge which we find out is because one of the camp counselors there was one of the initial kids that you know caused this disfigurement throughout the movie it's just basically this guy hunting these kids down and it's not Mm -hmm. about because they're having sex or because they're doing drugs or because they're drinking. It's about, let me, you you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get them all. I'm going to get all these kids. These little bastards are what did this to me. I'm going to get them all. So he did, he didn't specifically go back because of this guy. It just so happened that he went back and. Oh, you didn't think so? I don't think so. Because how the fuck would you found that out? That's something that I feel like you need to tell us. And nobody, there, there was no explanation as that he was coming back specifically for that guy. Uh, so I just kind of thought it was a coincidence I th- that. Yeah, I think that there. I took it that way because it, I, for me, it was like that's too much of a coincidence. I felt like there was a reason he went to that camp is because he knew that guy was going to be there. Also, he didn't stay at the camp. He went off with them when there was kids that went away. Like if he was just going to stay at the camp and kill anyone, oh yeah, it would been easier just to be at the camp, right, rather than trekking off and following them in a canoe down the river. Yeah, he's actually going after this guy yeah. specifically. Yeah, um, true, at least yes. that's the way I, you know. And, and yeah, I don't feel like it, it. That obviously isn't said to you, but I think that was the intention because I think it would have been, it would have been too far fetched to be like, oh, what a coincidence, right? How convenient! Yeah. How convenient that it was the one dude that you know they made sure to reveal it at the end that oh he was there. Like I think there was there was reasoning behind that. But yeah, dude, you said so. That's what this movie is. And for me, the reason I keep saying I love it is because. It's got all of these factors, the kid, the camp feel, the kids, you know, having a good time. I mean, you have so many scenes of them really having a good time. There's so much development and getting you invested in really, you don't want to see these kids get hunted down, right? Because yeah. you're, you're having fun with them. They're, you're almost part of camp. You're, you're oh, watching yeah, them play yeah, softball, like, um, swimming in the, in the mess hall, messing around in the bunks, yeah. messing around, you know, all these different things are happening. Um, and then the killings. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, the group of kids from uh, my bloody Valentine. Uh, yes. And even going back and bringing that film back in um, again, this is a sleeper film. This is a film that I feel like should be more known by people. And I can understand why it was overshadowed by Friday the 13th. However, still needs to be talked about more. There's a oh, lot yeah. to this film that is so great, man, between locations and setting and, uh, just the writing in general and how these actors played these characters because they were great, man. I don't think there was a single person that I was unimpressed with given their acting um, their acting performance. Everybody yeah. just nailed it. They were perfect, mm-hmm. man. And that's rare because when it comes to child actors, and they're not children, but there are a lot of kids on set. No. Uh, but a lot of these, you know, the younger actors, it's hit or miss. You're always going to have these yeah. ones that seem they come across awkward. And there's a lot of, you know, like you said, solid, solid performances in these characters, and they come across and play them well. Um, and we also have like the first time, you know, on you know the first ever appearances for some people, and they would go on yeah, to become big names, too. huge names, dude. Lauren, uh, what was his name? Fisher, Fisher. Fisher Stevens yep. would go yep, on to yep, be yep. in short, short circuit. You know, we have George Costanza himself. I mean, we talked about him. We had Jason Alexander last time on the show. Unfortunately, we don't have that episode, but he Holly was on Hunter. here. Holly Hunter's in the background. Um, as Not a much. Character. Yeah. She's just kind of in the background more so, but, um, but yeah, dude, these it's, 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 um, you're right. It, to me, it's criminal. It feels like this movie's always looked at, as a B horror movie, like well, sub, a rip off, like, like they, they sub, literally sub. ripped it from Friday the 13th and made a, um, 
made a cheap knockoff film, which obviously isn't true because this was written before that one even came out. Right. So unless unless somehow it came from uh, the pre-production and the writing of Friday the 13th and something leaked to them and that's where they got it from, but I don't think so. Sometimes there's those things, right? There's that magic of an idea in the air and more than one people get it at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, because let's well, talk I, about that first. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I say I think you summed it up great. Is that for me when I first saw this? When I think of horror um, slashers, camp movies, I've never had heard of the burning. Especially being in Western New York, like I grew up here, I've never heard of this. None of my friends ever brought it up. And if you were to present this movie to me without any pre-context of how it was created or conceived or where it was filmed, anything like that, I would say this was uh, what the side like dollar movie bin maybe at first. Yeah. But you watch it, it's just like, wow, this is very much a hidden gem. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Big time. Mm-hmm. And and like I was saying, so let, let's talk about Friday the 13th compared to this, because there's a lot of things that you yeah. can bring up and speak about with this. Like I said, the original Friday the 13th was released a month after the script was written for this movie. And then Friday the 13th Part 2 was released only, what, uh, seven days before this one was. And then there's just even so many more similarities as you break them down between Friday the 13th part two and the burning you've got uh both films that take place at a different camp from where the original uh horror original horror happens yes yeah uh there's they both have scenes with a female character swimming in the water and then her clothes get taken uh and then there's also the um decayed severed heads Yes. Uh, that come into play yes and then on top of that you, th- this film to me feels like it's difficult because it's like it's like this film ripped off Friday the 13th which they didn't and then Friday the 13th saw this movie and they said okay well fuck you we're going to rip you off because the burning scene at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um, where Cropsy gets burned that's exactly what they ended up doing with Jason later on in those movies doing setting them on bigger fire. things setting them on fire blowing them up sending yeah. them to space things like that you know what I mean so it's kind of like this I don't know, man. I could almost see this being the 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 actual Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, <laughs> just because of how close it is. You know what I mean? For me, I think it's just its own thing, and I think it should it should be separated from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh I yeah, think it, no, should it should be referenced. Yeah. I know it's always going to be tied to that because of you know when it was released, and there's always these things, and people think one's the ripoff. I know there's all of that. I get mm-hmm. it. I think it should be separated. I don't think this movie should be referenced to Friday the Thirteenth. This movie for me is a solid, solid slasher flick all on its own in that camp setting because it's not the only one right like we've discussed this before you've got you know sleepaway camp there's a lot of movies that take place at camps cabin in the woods you know Mm -hmm. uh what was the one that where they had all the flesh like the the decaying stuff there the flesh eating shit cabin fever um, cabin fever cabin fever so you have all these movies right so it's not a new concept um evil dead right not a new concept to have horror films take place at cabins camps or camp settings not a new concept to have you know droves of kids around that are in peril none of these things are new concepts but i just feel like this movie does them all so well and then because of the presentation it just gets lost and it sucks and i feel like you know what until the day i die i'm going to champion this movie because i just feel like it's just it is just legit classic and tops for me I disagree with you there. I think it needs to be brought up in a conversation with Friday the 13th because anybody besides us, besides a horror fan who knows this much backstory on the film is going to look at it that way. I meant in so, comparison. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't think you should be saying okay. like compare it. You should uh, sure True. bring it up and say that this is this, but watch this movie because it's its own thing. Like this is yeah, a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, watch this movie because you like Friday the 13th. Watch it as yeah. it is. Um, I'll say it is definitely a different take that I've seen. I, I don't watch many uh, camp movies, uh, slashers. Generally, it's the you know, paranormal horror, horror stories. I don't get a lot of cabin in the woods movies. And you know, watching the kids and all of it being thrown together, having that realistic view, it's, it's, I like it. This is a good one. Yeah, and like you said there, Anthony, this is realistic. Yes, this, is this feels real. authentic. Yes, this is something that could absolutely happen. Like, uh, like some of these other movies that we've seen before. Uh, uh, the original Friday the 13th and part two, because they weren't, there was no supernatural right. aspect to them right. yet. Uh, well, aside the, from the uh, fact that all of a sudden Jason was alive and, and an adult, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the but only even that could be explained, aspect. but even that could be explained away as being uh, whatever you want to do it. Whatever, yeah. We're not going to get into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but this movie is real. 
This is absolutely real. And I tell you this all the time. I love realism. Give me something real. That's going to scare the Strangers. shit out of me. Then you throw I'll it in. Yes, dude. And then you throw it in the middle of the woods. Where the fuck is there a scarier setting for a movie where you're in the woods? Yeah. Okay. Maybe you've been coming here for camp, uh, you know, for the last several years. Anything but once you get out of that little perimeter <laughs> that you're stuck in, you don't know that's where the fuck a, that's you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dude, and now throw in somebody trying to kill you on top of it. Oh man, what a mix for and anything that removes you from civilization, the, yes. the security and you know the safety of others is definitely you know it, it it hits you. It hits you right in that fear factor. Let's talk about this, dude. Let's talk about kills. We talked about Savini. Yes. We talk about his work in terms of special effects all the practical special effects in here some of it was groundbreaking stuff he was trying brand new some of it he was bringing from from other productions that he's done before he just wanted to do different he wanted to go yeah. bigger better uh what was your favorite kill in the film oh because there's a, a few to pick from yeah i don't know man i some really are, enjoyed watching Watching those hedge clippers just drive into anybody that the that Cropsy drove them into. So any any kill that was, I don't know. I'd have to go probably with the, that main character girl that was with um, what's his name, Glazer. Glazer. She got killed say, in the sleeping bag, and then he came back up thinking she was still alive. There's some brutal kills in this. Yeah, when Glazer takes that straight to the chest, mm. and then the dude lifts him, lifts oh. him all the way to the tree. That one's yeah. brutal. My favorite one, dude. My favorite is the canoe. The canoe scene. Oh, okay, when yeah, yeah, yeah. That's seems a good one. Chill, and it seems calm, and they're coming to this canoe, and you're thinking to yourself when you're first time seeing this. You're not thinking killer. You're thinking somebody's dead in that canoe and they're coming yeah, up and they're on gonna a body, find it right? blood soaked and yeah. So you're coming up, you're coming up and you're waiting for that. And then all of a sudden there's a shot, right? And it's like this ant's eye view of this boom, the killer just comes up and it's all silhouette and it's got the sh the, the the shears. The shears. Bro, that is such a sick scene. And then clip, snap, slash. Girl gets her forehead slashed. Oh. The dude's fingers get chopped off. The one dude yeah. gets it straight through the neck, dude. That whole scene is just so freaking awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Jim, you don't know this about me. I don't like snipping of fingertips, shears, like knives. Like, Oh, you don't like finger horror? Mm, <laughs> no. And that's like, I, that was appendage ah. horror torture like people getting their fingernails ripped off oh, with pliers no. or like no. you got to hang a, a piece of hang skin there so you go to peel you it pull and it pluck and it, it off and it just keeps coming all the way down oh, your finger dude. it just tears the whole line Oof. down god no see like this i'll say this as a slasher movie this one does get me on those kills uh Glazers was great because the hanging motion of kind of like you see the feet dangle and go limp. It's like, oh, you just got like stuck to a tree. That messed with me. But I it's very hard to watch a lot of the kills in this movie because of those shears. Like I'll say it did its job as a slasher. It made my stomach turn. And that canoe scene, I knew it was coming. And this morning as I'm watching it, I'm just like, all right, all right. I could feel my tension building. Like knowing what's coming, I still have the anxiety build. And I was like, wow, this is done right. And the yeah. music said it. Um. You just said something that made me think, and I can't remember what it was. Cheers. No. Anyway. Um, so yeah, dude, there are there are some sick, sick scenes in this. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so this will be interesting because I'd like to talk hear it from Anthony's perspective. Anthony's younger okay. than both of us, Jim. So yes. Jim, you're already younger than me, but Anthony's younger than both of us. Watching this movie, this movie's 1981, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's definitely you, you said it was hard to watch certain things like in terms of the way the shears were watching that happen it's hard to watch how was it watching something that's definitely wouldn't pass for being woke oh. today like the way <laughs> the dude's just like come on out to the water and go skinny dipping with me i just want to hug you and then Yo, he's like th th he's trying to get it in and like when she gets mad he's like Go fuck get yourself. the fuck out of here no even glazer with a tree like where he's like yeah. pushing up, it's like, yo, dude, she said no, <laughs> and he wasn't taking a hint. I mean, it's just I accept it. It's a time. It's what the time was. Are you able, was, you know, okay. are you able to watch it and just be like, oh, this is the time? It doesn't yes. make you feel like, oh, no, you know what? Cancel this movie. This movie should not be shown. Well, I mean, hang on a second. Is it a product of the time, or is it a product of Harvey Weinstein's overly sexual? Uh, well, we urges? know. <laughs> I was going to say, well, no, we honestly, know a lot of that, which dude. one is it? That's what because I take it as is well. Look who the director was. Well, he wasn't a director, or, or was, was a director, producer. producer, producer. But here's the thing: 
you could I think you're on the right track there, Jim, also because we were forced to accept a hero. And and when I say hero, I don't mean Todd, I mean the main character, which was kind of that nerd kid, right? Oh the kid, the yeah. kid that was creeper. Ge- but he was geeky and he had all these things kind of going for that, you know, that, that were not going for him that made Alfred. you feel empathetic. We've all felt that we've all seen mm-hmm. the kid who got picked on who he just wants to do his own thing. He's not a big sports guy. You know, we've seen this kid, but the problem is they didn't leave it at that and let him be picked on just for that. All of a sudden there was this layer of like real, real creepy creeper, not even creeper, like what you would expect from maybe from a summer camp thing, like, like sneak in and steal the girl's panties and put it up the flagpole. (laughs) He was legit stalking around the girl while she was naked in the shower at her most vulnerable with the intention to scare her. Like he's doing this to do this on purpose. Also, he's like sneaking away to follow Glazer to watch what they're going to be doing because he wants to watch them have sex. Like literally that's why he's following them and we're supposed to pull for this kid. That's a he, Harvey Weinstein thing. For- I really didn't even I like how you skate, how they skate around that too. When he runs back, he's like, Todd, Todd, I saw this. Everything happened so fast. He doesn't mention what was happening. He just like, yeah, he had completely way, following them. He's like, it happened so fast. I Let me ask so you this. Ready? Have sex. You just saw two people get killed. Well, right before they were going to have sex, right? You're going to run and tell somebody, what's the first thing you're going to say? Hey, they were having sex or they're fucking dead. Yeah. I don't think ah. the sex part has anything to do with it no, at that right. point. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, But the point is, is that like his initial intention with following and doing like all this stuff yes. is just super creeping, creeping on dude. people. And it was, come yeah. on, man. Like you could have just made it that he was picked on, right? Because we mm-hmm. got that. We got like when he was shoved in the water and then you saw the other guys kind of band around him and try to help stick up for him when they, mm-hmm. you know, they sh- end up shooting Glazer with that pellet gun. So all of it works. You didn't have to add the creeper side of it, but I think you're right, Jim. I think when you have a producer who had a well, big he wrote hand it in too. the story, right? Yeah. who had a big hand in the story, uh, who already has these issues. Now he's on set with girls that are 19, 20, 20. I mean, some of them are younger. There's a lot of young kids on set, but now he's, he's surrounded by actresses and people who are such young girls, right? Why not write that into the story so that we can see this? Because I mean, this isn't the most nudity I've seen in, in a horror film, but this is nudity. And if we're to follow the story, these are young girls that are nude. Girls that are underage, yep. not in real life. Real life, these are older women. Yeah, the characters these. are underage characters. So yep. we're 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 all watching this along too, right? And we're yeah. supposed to kind of go with it. Now, the thing I said about that the last time we recorded is that that's what these were written for, though. Like horror movies and these kinds of movies were written for boys and younger men. Oh yeah, yeah. Typically, absolutely. I mean, that's what you want to see, right? Typically, your yeah. horror movies have sex, drugs, and drinking, um, and blood. And killing like that's mm-hmm. that's your that's it you want to make a horror movie you have to have all that if you have all that you're good if not sex yep. at least nudity right and if and if not nudity man you better have a banging cast <laughs> do you know what i'm saying but like that's basically yeah. it you have to have those if you want to put your horror movie together not anymore but in the 80s um eh, i'd still well yeah okay I mean, maybe not so much anymore yeah but. no dude look at look at people who are really changing the game like jordan peele yeah. You know what I mean? When you can put out mm-hmm. movies that are super smart and yeah, absolutely but like, horrifying. Yeah, but you're talking Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, uh, Roger Eagers, uh, right, Robert right, Eagers, I think right, is how right. you say his name. That That's a small group of people compared to the it's number the of people school. who are making. Yes. However, it's still, compa- it's still a small number of individuals compared to the majority of individuals who are making horror movies. But even, the- even so, like I said, it, it's still less than it used to be. Yeah, well, now, now, and then we also have the guys that hold on to old school mentalities like Rob Zombie, Adam Green, Eli Roth. Yeah. You know, we're getting these guys that are just like, yo, the more splatter, the better. The more, you know, nudity, the better. Like, that's what horror is about, is, is putting all that in there. This one, I feel like there's a balance. It's a good balance. There, yes, there's nudity. Mm-hmm. It's not all over the place. It doesn't feel gratuitous. It feels natural in specific moments, and it's balanced well. You get a lot of everything in this movie that's balanced well i feel like well, the character development's balanced well we see character development in a multitude of characters in such a short amount of time think about that right so think yeah. about just the kids think about the creeper kid 
there's develop. We see who this kid is by the end of the mm-hmm. movie. You have a really good feel for this kid and his character. You get the same feel for George Costanza's character immediately. He's the guy from the camp that gets anything you need. He's the fast talker. He's the slick dude. He's that guy, right? The guy mm-hmm. who wants to be, everybody knows him. You got the dude that's kind of like his hanger on, right? Woodstock. Was that his name? Uh, uh, the yes. one who, uh, yeah. the skinny one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got that dude that just kind of hangs out with him, and he's like, you know, you're the cool kid. You get a feel for each of the, the the counselors and who they are and where they're coming from. Some of the girls on the girls' side, you get a feel for who they are. Uh, to me, dude, I mean, again, how is this movie not talked about? There's so much in such no, a small amount of time, we get a feel for all of these characters. All which is which is important, man, because I just uh, I was just reading this book. Um, I'm not going to give you the name um, because I'll bring it up when we get there. Okay. Um, okay. But I couldn't finish the book. I couldn't oh. finish the book. I, I got 150 pages in and I closed the cover and I said, I can't do this anymore just because I couldn't keep the characters straight and who they were and who they mm. were supposed to be. And it was very difficult. And this is a book written by a very well-known, well-respected modern author. And I just couldn't, wow. couldn't do it. And I was looking forward to reading this one. I just I was like, no, I can't. So it's very important that if you're going to have a cast of characters that large, to establish who they are and establish who they are enough so that it's uh, it's memorable enough um, and interesting enough that I'm going to remember and separate everybody from each other. And they're all you unique just enough. One, yeah, you can't have one cookie cutter type of type of uh, description like that for characters. In your and film. we had all kinds of characters, dude. I mean, think oh, about yeah. Glazer. Just Glazer oh, was was a legit dude. caricature, right? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Down to Every, a T to the microscopic level. Everybody knows this guy, and he's from like New York, so he's got that like thick Brooklyn accent, right? Like, I'm gonna bust your head if I ever see you <laughs> talking to her again. You hear me? You know what I mean? Like, dude, and and just that super over the top alpha male thing, right? Oh, mm-hmm. and his temper just oh, right like, away. Like in the uh the mess hall where it's like he turns around and starts throwing uh crap at the kid, and he's like uh, George Costanza's character's like, or what is it? Uh, Jason Alexander's character's like, dude, what are you, what are you going after him for? And it's just heated he's up, and looking up. at me. I don't like so. him looking at me. What are you looking at? But <laughs> well, tell me, you don't remember? There was that kid in high oh, school. Oh yeah, yeah. Would literally do that, not because somebody was looking at him. I mean, the person was looking at him, but it was like he wanted to pick. So that was the thing he chose. Oh, you're looking at me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna beat you up, right? Yeah, he's got an ego problem. Yeah, dude. And then I, he gets checked by Todd, which is funny. You know, dude, I, yeah, I love it. I feel like it, 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 it takes time building these characters. And I think it's due to the fact that it really focuses on the idea that if we're going to do a summer camp, there's got to be kids. And if there's going to be kids, oh, we got to yes. show what these kids are doing. We can't just have, you know, a snippet and then all of these scenes of a killer stalking and killing. Yes, it's a horror movie, but we want you to get involved. We want you to feel like you're a part of it. And yeah. that's exactly what I get from this. See, and that, and that's and that's another reason why it sticks out from Friday the Thirteenth is be, like I said before at the beginning of the episode, the kids, man, that adds just another uneasy, unsettling element to the film because he's out there killing those those the older kids. What happens when he works his way back to camp and starts fucking up the younger kids? Right, you know yeah. what I mean. And you got this fucking ticking time bomb back there sitting there waiting. Yeah, where you didn't have that in Friday the Thirteenth because it was just. The, the counselors, counselors. Yeah. And, yeah, and and even if they're not full like, uh, like full on adults, they're still able to handle themselves. They're not children. They're like, what do we do? Yeah, right. they don't know. So they're, they're just gonna, gonna lose their shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna start running around circles like crazy, not knowing what to do, freaking out, crying. And that's yeah. gonna make it even worse because now I gotta try and keep my mind straight to figure out how am I gonna survive. However, how am I gonna keep these kids alive? I can't think and focus because these kids are screaming and crying because they think they're gonna die. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just like one kid too in some movies where it's like I have to protect the the child. This mm. is a mm-hmm. camp of children. Like aliens, right? That was aliens with the little girl. And there was there was older adults there right there was the he was the supervisor right what was he like the superintendent or whatever Mm -hmm. um like where was he (laughs) like we saw all the older adults dealing with the shit that was going down but this guy was just like it was almost like he was barely around you know what i mean well he came in at the end when he needed to I, I, i think he was okay i think that part was okay because he really didn't have any need to be there until the end because 
Those right. kids went off on their trip. They had the counselors with them. Oh, he you know what? That's right. Fine. He was behind yeah. with all the younger ones. You know what's missing, though? The thing I feel like was missing with this thing is this: there was nothing in terms of either soundtrack or score or even sound that we could tie to this and say that's a burning, right? So like, if you listen to Nightmare on Elm Street, you have that you have that music, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When you listen to, when you have Friday the 13th, you have the you have that. Um, Everything, Halloween has its thing. The Exorcist Mm -hmm. has tubular bells. Like, There's always something that you're like, oh, that's from this, right? The burning didn't have its own sound. There was unless you want to count like whatever that kind of like um, synth music was when he was at in in like the very beginning that maniac segment like there's yeah. this thing that continues to play throughout right it's a it's kind of a theme um, it just didn't feel as memorable and I feel like maybe if it had something like that too that really could have helped kind of solidify this as a I don't know as don't, as a contender to be remembered and not considered a two dollar bin movie and I even mentioned this last time I wasn't sold on the score for this film. Uh, at moments, it was great, and it was fine, and it was perfect. But then there were other moments where it just felt like it was overbearing. It was just too much, um, whether that has to do more so with the score or the mixing. Um, I'm leaning more towards the score. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I wasn't sold on the score for this film all around together. So Yeah, yeah. But overall, man, as a package, like I said, just killer. What was yeah. so, so let me throw this both to each of you guys. Anthony, I'll ask you first. What were some of your favorite scenes in the film overall? Just favorite moments in this movie? Favorite scenes. And I honestly like when the kids are uh, rowing back to camp at the very, very end. Uh, really memorable. It, uh, when they're, uh, they're tired. They're exhausted. And you can see that they're scared. They see how dangerous this is now. Um, and they're, they're exhausted. And the one council like, come on, we were almost there. And these kids... Th- I don't know whether or not they had been rowing for hours and they just got them to be really exhausted. But I felt that like that adrenaline rush of just being done at the end of your limit, at the end of your, uh, your limit, the softball scene in the beginning, love it. That suspense buildup uh, when they're in the woods talking, what's a uh, tiger? tiger. Tiger. I love yeah. that her name's tiger dude. And then she's wearing <laughs> shirts with tigers on tigers them on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I really like the two big standout scenes. I feel awkward, but I really like oh, how he they likes did this. that shower scene. It's okay. No, <laughs> no, not the shower scene. Bring back memories for him. No, no. Uh, oh, the skinny dipping scene. It's okay, dude. You can say no. It. It's it's it. it's bad, but it made me feel awkward, and I don't like watching it. But the scene is memorable because it stands out, and you're like, "That's that's scary." Now walk scene? through the woods. The one where the girls walking through the woods oh, naked. I thought you were giving. Yes, yeah, so oh, the skinny naked. dipping, skinny dip. Yeah, so when she's skinny dipping, they she gets out of the water and she's trying to find her clothes, and it's like all hung up on the uh, the bushes around. Uh huh. It's like that's you can, you can appreciate that scene for the terror. Yes. So so your girlfriend walks in and is like, why is that? Why is that paused at that scene? I'm appreciating the terror. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of choreography going on into this. Jim, what about you? What was more memorable for you in this film? What stood out? Um, the opening credits and the end credits. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, could you imagine? No, um, I really enjoyed. Well, dude, the, there are some movies when you have opening credits that just oh are, yeah, absolutely, your, and set the tone for films too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think um, we discussed we discussed it with The Shining. Like you know, there are certain films mm-hmm, that opening mm-hmm. credits can set a tone, or the end, right? Like what was the one with yeah. the burger? The burger on the uh, um. On oh the yeah, the, uh, the howling. Yeah, we just well, the did howling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, I really liked the uh, the chase scene through Model City, uh, through nice. the ruins at the end. Okay. I believe it's Model City. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Uh, oh, the uh, the beginning. Um, I don't know if you're going to say this, Chris, but at the hospital with the orderly and the new yes. doctor guy. Uh, that One just, of my that favorite interaction scenes. between them is just great, dude. And they and both he's nail so it. good, it's so believable. That orderly yeah. is so awesome, dude. Like, if this was a more modern film, I'd be looking him up. Like, I want to work with this dude in the future here because oh, I, yeah. I love the. I don't know what it was about it, but that dude just killed that scene. He chewed it up, I and mean, he was killing. I love and it. And I like how they're going in, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you've never seen nothing like this before." And he pulls back one curtain, and, <laughs> and there's think, another curtain. Things gonna be there, and it's not. <laughs> another one. He says, "Come on, come a little closer." and he pulls it back and then there's another yeah. curtain yeah dude that that scene was good that was clever. anthony how old was that, that doctor was or that that doctor that student that med student how old was he it looked like he was in his 40s or 50s 
With and the, then ball, with got the, the glass with the bald in. Got the <laughs> yeah, bald dude. spot all there, a little bit there. He looked. He, looked he was a doing, bit of he was a doing that thing where you get your second, your second career, right? Your second chapter in life was well, like, yeah. you know what? I already owned my own business for twenty five years. I think I'm going to be a doctor now. Uh, because that order is like, you want to be a doctor, right? You got to look at stuff like this. And then this I, th- is I love where that. it's at. And I love Come how on. he's just like, he, I love that. He's like, you want to be a doctor? Look at this and you'll never do this again. Come check it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, dude, that was awesome. Anything else that for you with favorite scenes? Um, I don't know. I like, I like water. I love water. I don't know what it is, man. I, I always love the ocean. I love going to the lake. I just love water. So all the scenes on the water are great yeah. because you don't see that very often unless it's a camp movie yeah, um, or it's a movie set on, on a, on a ship. Right. Or like the fog. Other yeah. than that, nothing for me, dude. Yeah. I loved for me. I loved all the scenes that had to do with camp life and the kids. Like I mm. love the canoe ride when they're just, you know, horsing around and sinking the canoe. That was a fun oh, the banjo music. Yeah. Yes. The softball game at the beginning is just fun watching them play, you know, and just really getting into it. And it, and it felt like we've all been there before. Even if you weren't playing, there was all those kids that just kind of sat on the side and cheered and yelled and just watched the game. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that part, the mess hall when everybody's just in there and it's just loud, just the din of noise as you're walking in and just, people throwing food and talking and moving from table to table. Um, you know, I just love that stuff, dude. Everything about the whole camp atmosphere I loved in this film. And then there are some of these iconic scenes. Like I said, when Cropsey just stands up out of the canoe, that silhouette, oh, bro, I cannot wait to get my out of the shadows t-shirt with the, just him, the silhouette of Cropsey. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd I mean? be a cool one. That'd be a so, cool one. uh, yeah, dude, just that scene is great. You know, um, one scene we didn't talk about last time. So I'm going to bring it up now, dude. How good, and you tell me what you thought, uh, the performance for the prostitute, the sex worker at the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. Because we had to watch her performance as she's looking into the camera as if she's looking exact right at the killer. And so we get to see her saying, you know, hey, come on up, you know, this and that. And then she started to get kind of annoyed. He's taking too long. Right. At first she's all flirty, but then she starts to kind of like, uh, come on, honey, can we hurry this up? I got to make a living. You know, I got yeah, other work yeah. to do tonight. And then it turns to this, like she looks at him and then realizes she sees him and we watch her face literally turn from, okay, I'm about to do stuff to horror, absolute horror. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought she was awesome, dude. I felt like she was so good in that performance. Oh yeah, dude. She knocked that out of the park. It was very, very convincing. Very, Super, yeah. very real. Like I said, basically in the level of maniac, man. Pleading. Yes. She's very pleading. Like, just please leave. Get yeah. out. Like, I yeah. felt bad for her because she had nothing to do with nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was just getting He was just like, let me see if I can kill. And then he did. And he's like, all right, I can do this. Let me go. Let me go get these kids now. Right. Because isn't that what they say with killers? A lot of times they do their practice runs before they actually like, you know, they want to see if they can go as far as they can go. And once yeah. they get that first kill, it's like, okay, now they know they can do it. And then that's when they're, they're off and running. Yeah, that was a performance that really stands out for me, too. But yeah, a lot of this movie for me centers around just camp and i love it dude i really do sleepaway camp has kids too and it has the same kind of feel but and, and even the same there's little beats that are kind of the same and when we get to sleepaway camp i'd like to compare the burning to it as well okay but you know uh for me dude i love it and and i don't even know what else to say people if you haven't watched it and you listen to us talk about it this whole time you need to go see this movie. You really should right now you can check it out on youtube for free that's how anthony watched it apparently and i'm assuming it's not a bootleg oh, it's shit. a good copy of it like a good quality uh it's bootleg bad. um you can watch it on 2b tv for free um yep. it was on Slash- i don't think you can get it on prime no not anymore i don't think you can not anymore not it was on to slasher. Rent, I mean. uh not slasher it was on um shutter for a while it was off and it'll come back i noticed that shutter has these things where they have it on for a while they take them off then they come back yeah so uh it'll be back but yeah keep an eye out for it if you've not seen it the burning if you have seen it and uh you know you agree or, or disagree let us know what you think even better go buy it <laughs> add it to your go, collection I'm then definitely. you're gonna get even more you're gonna get more goodies with it you're gonna bro i'm telling you right now i'm putting it up there as a as a a, a grail for me is i want to get a vhs copy of it Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Yes. So Anthony, just, just so you're aware, um, cause I know you are a little younger than us. Um, a VHS is like just a bigger version of a cassette. Um, and they're usually movies on them or TV shows okay. or, or stuff. You, you're literally. 
12 months older than me. If that. <laughs> anyway, that's the burning guys. Yes. Final thoughts, Anthony, what did you think? I like it. Yeah, I recommend it. I definitely will watch this in uh during my month of October and may sprinkle it on throughout the rest of the year. I recommend this. Jim. I like it. Um, again, another very underrated film um, coming out of the 80s. Very close to my heart because it was done in Buffalo. And I love when I find a film that's done in Buffalo, whether it's good or not. Uh, and again, like you said, Chris, just camp life, man. I love the woods. I love camp. Great. Yeah. Sign same, same. up. I say the same, and I also say that this is legit a gem. This is something that's super underappreciated. Not enough people know about it, and if I have my way, a lot more people are going to know about it before the day I die. So uh, I'm up there saying that this is definitely one of my top favorite films, horror films. Um, I just, man, everything about it. I love it. Um, So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We're coming back next week. Jim, what are we watching next week? Oh, that's a good question. I, I feel like it's your favorite to look. topic in horror. It's your favorite uh, creature to watch. Oh, yeah, horror. that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a trip across the pond. Um, we're going to go see uh, Big Ben. We're going to go see uh, Queen Elizabeth. And we're going to take a look at American Werewolf in London. Yes, John Landis's American Werewolf in London. They're going to basically uh, step up what we can do with werewolves since the howling. So that's going to be a fun thing to discuss, to be able to compare. We saw what they did in the howling, the special effects, effects, the bladder stuff. Now we're going to get to see what they do in this movie and how Landis kind of steps it up a notch. And uh, we're going to see why this movie basically landed him the job of directing thriller for Michael Jackson. Mm. So um, yeah, I'm excited too. Number two of our three werewolf films. Yeah, I'm excited. Season. I'm excited. All right, before we head out, Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you go ahead Thank and promote you. some stuff and tell people where to find you? Guys, go check us out on Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop on Instagram and Twitter at Chris and Anthony JCS, as well as on our Facebook at Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop, as well as the network at BICBP-radio.com. You can also check me out as I play Dungeons and Dragons with some friends over at Twitch on podcasters underscore us also on social media at podcasters tabletop gaming. So go check us out there, but please really guys, Chris and Anthony just can't stop. It it is my, uh, it it is awesome. Go check it out for sure. For sure. For sure. We also have our uh, social media for out of the shadows. Check us out on Facebook out of the shadows while it's on Instagram out of the shadows podcast. We're also on Twitter. Oh, Oh, T.S. T.S. Pod. <laughs> We're also on the Slasher app. If you're not on Slasher app and you're a horror fan, what are you doing? There's an yeah. app specifically for us. Get on there. Find us. I'm on there as well. You can find the real Chris Chavez. Jim, you're on there specifically too? Like, yes, uh, I am at Jim Clark I-I-I. That's three letter I's, not the I-I-I. <laughs> so make sure you get it spelled correctly there you go there you go guys thanks so much for listening we appreciate all your support and we will see you next week until then make sure to keep your eye on the shadows <laughs> <laughs>